Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. How's it going, Larry? You know, everything is good, Eric. Everything is going swimmingly well. You know, I'm, uh, and actually, you know, I'm working with Micah, right? With From the yeah. LOL, right? From the uh, Laugh mm-hmm. Out Loud Lessons in Real Estate podcast. Yes, yes. So I've, I've been working with her, been shooting like a madman and editing hours upon hours of live, like video footage. So been, everything's been going pretty good, man. Everything, you know, creatively anyway. Um, you know, editing wise and shooting, how is everything with you? This is what I kind of really want to talk about because you put some interesting stuff up. On your Instagram. yeah, um, so the the script for Hillsborough Road is complete. It's been done for a while, but I need to come up with our shooting schedule. So there's 157 scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. I wrote 157 index cards. Which my God, <laughs> is that painful? Oh my God! And it they are painful. all now, and I am putting them all up on these different bulletin boards to figure out the shooting schedule. And man, is it time consuming. And if you were to walk into my house and just see the billboards up there, you know, you would think I'm trying to figure out where they put the microphones. <laughs> Actually, you don't even have to imagine it because you can just go to yeah, Eric's yeah. Instagram. But also, I, I'm going to post it up on our Something Something um, podcast okay. Instagram so we can check it the, out. I think it's on the... Oh, it's on both mine Road. and the Hillsborough Road. That's right. Fact, man, by the end of this month, we are going to have two... Maybe two big announcements yeah. for Hillsborough Road. And then, would you say a mega announcement? Uh, yeah, maybe. Possibly. Yes. Yeah, I could. Yeah, we could say that. Yeah. yeah, I would go as far as the same mega announcement. Let me let me ask you real quick with those index cards. What are you going to do? So you have them numbered, and I'm sure everybody who's... I'm going to go like, you know, this is day one. I need to see it visually before I can get onto the computer and use Celtic, the but, software that I use. But but you're going to write out, right? Like the no, different like scenes scene on the index. One, scene yeah. two, then I'm going, okay, so we're going to do scene 157, which is one of the more difficult scenes in the movie. I'm that's putting the, that where the first index card is because that's is that the kill one. Huh? Is that the kills? Starting well, with no, the that's kills? one of the many kills in the movie. There's yeah. it's a slasher movie, Larry. Yeah, so it, there's yeah, going to be is. a lot of kills. So is it a slasher love story or just a slasher straight up? No, it is a again, Larry, it is a 1980s slasher movie about stupid <laughs> teenagers being stupid. I'm not gonna this is not high art this is not an A24 movie like I keep saying and everything if Dazed and Confused and Jason Lives had a baby it would be Hillsborough Road nice 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 okay good good I am I'm sure just talking about everybody listening to this right now is like oh my god this is going to be either the best thing I've ever seen or quite possibly the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. 
as long as they say something, as long as they don't say anything, that's, that's the most right. important thing. That, that that's the main thing. They just don't look at you in the eye and then look away and then yeah. turn their head real fast. Well, I yeah, I'm glad we're kind of talking about like all this pre-production stuff because you and I both know that being filmmakers, I love to talk to other filmmakers. Yeah. Right. And this episode is actually it's a big episode. Maybe the most people we've I mean, the most we've had on before yeah. is two. And it's usually brothers like filmmaking teams. Yes. Yes. But we actually have a, a, a team here with us for this episode. We have yeah. two actors. We have the writer of the a novel who produced the film that we're going to be talking about. And then I'm, I'm really excited because the gentleman that did the soundtrack to, to this movie, he's kind of like a big deal. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I was listening to his stuff earlier, and it's exactly the stuff I need for what I'm writing now. You know, very synth wave stuff like that some yeah. of my favorite music right right and i was i was just doing that today and i was like it puts you in like a mood and that's a very good thing moods are good nowadays everybody needs a mood right yeah well eric let's just bring them on and let's get this let's show on the boat ladies and gentlemen welcome to the podcast today well the <laughs> the the crew of Cargo, the movie Cargo. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. We have JC. He is the writer of the novel, novel. Cargo. He's a producer of Cargo, the movie. We have Ron Thompson. He is the actor, right, of Cargo. Uh, he's the main actor, actually, which we're going to get into because it's a great wow. It's a great thing. Uh, we have the actress, Danica Fields, and we have, okay, so <laughs> we did a name check before we came on air. This might be another Vincente incident, listeners. No, no it's not. <laughs> we have Thornston. Were you, mess were you mad that I knew the whole time you were saying no, Vincente no, instead I, of Vincent? You know what? I was quite surprised that you threw me under the bus, but that's okay because I brought it back. Okay. I brought it back. And it was an honest mistake, Eric. It was very honest. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the, the crew and cast well, you, of Cargo. You didn't say his I name yet, though, so you got to say it, Larry. Yeah. I know. Introduce himself. He is he he is a man of 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 great talent and words. <laughs> oh my gosh! Welcome introduce the, the composer, Larry right. Thornston. There you go. No, I got that. But you know, it's it's a whole thing. You should go back and listen. If people, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. But welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks. Good to be here. Thank Hello. You. Perfect, perfect. So let the let's start this thing off. Obviously, the the movie wouldn't exist without the novel. So JC, talk a little bit about um, the novel and how it got started uh, to turn into the film, what it is today. 
actually a little bit uh, the other way around. Is that uh, James Dillon um, is the director and writer of the screenplay, and he and I, uh, we are always throwing ideas around constantly. And the road to Cargo actually started way back in January of 2012, and um, we worked on this, uh, these ideas, you know, I, I think I first came to him and said, you know, have you thought about doing something with, uh, just one location? And James said, well, you know, I was thinking about doing something with just one actor on screen and, and have everybody else on the phone. And, uh, he came up with the idea of a cargo container. Um, and the, the, the gestation, I guess you'd say of this film <clears throat> continued over many months and even, uh, over a year. And in that amount of time, I ended up publishing my first novel. And so as we got, uh, you know, we got Thorsten involved. This was written, honestly, with Ron Thompson in mind as, as the actor. In fact, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the naming of the character as well yeah. a little later. But uh, after Thorsten got involved, uh, we really said, okay, hey, this is actually happening. And uh, we started becoming really proud of it and said, okay, we're actually going to have a released soundtrack uh, and so I said, you know, I've already published one novel. Why don't I work on this screenplay? And uh, and so James said, yeah, if I don't have to do anything on it, that's wonderful. I, I'd love the okay, idea of seeing okay. it turn into a novel. And so uh, we had uh, we had everything. We got the distribution deal. We got uh, Thorsten um, uh, released the album, and uh, I got a deal with Bloodhound Books to release the novelization. Uh, but again, it it. It did start as a film. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. It, it, I guess that's a good... So the chicken and the egg, what came first? I guess it was the egg. Uh, so, uh, Thornson, tell us about Tangerine Dream. Because you, you are the front man, and you've been in the band for quite a long time. Yeah, so I'm in Tangerine Dream since 17 years now, which is kind of short uh, if you see the whole history of Tender and Dream, which started in 67 and the first album in um, 1970 called uh, uh, Electronic Meditation, which is actually Klaus Schulz's birthday today. Um, still in America, not, uh, in Amer uh, not in Germany, because it's um, one day behind yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Before. Um, but, um, he played on the first um, album, Drums, and um, I joined Tendron Dream in, seven, uh, in 2003 for some projects and with an orchestra and um, work as a compo uh, composer, synthesizer player, multi-instrumental player um, since 2003, 2004, and um, is, uh, there's a thing, uh, I don't like the term, or we don't like the term frontman, because we are not Bon Jovi, um, so uh, um, um, I think it's, it's called um, musical director since 2011 in, in our band, and um, yeah, well, yeah. You're you're not Bon Jovi, but you're you guys are just as sexy though. I must. Say. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are pretty off, and and I mean, if you guys obviously there's like a there's people who know Tangerine Dream and who are just being reintroduced to it. I think so. Mm -hmm. If anybody is out there is listening, please throw on go to Spotify 
and throw on Tangerine Dream and just let this be a soundtrack to this whole conversation. So yeah, it's cool. Very cool. Thank you. And by the way, Thornston, you are in Berlin right now. Yes, that's true. That's right. Well, thank you. We are we are truly an international podcast. The city, Berlin, not the band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take my breath away. You know, it's funny. Yeah. I don't think I ever I don't think I ever mentioned this to you, Thorsten, but uh, I was a DJ in college and I used to play Tangerine Dream all the time. Oh, I had no. a I had a new age radio show and um that's how I knew. So I was so excited. Um I knew exactly who Tangerine Dream was and I was so excited for James because I he had shared it he had shared this information with me um, you know, before I guess he had shared it with some other people in confidence. And I was just like, wow, it's so cool. And this soundtrack, it, it, it's just amazing. It's just amazing because I've heard other people talk about that. It's almost like having another character in the, in the film because it gives Most it definitely. so much layer. And, and with Ron, it, it's incredible to me, um, what James and JC did because having and it's so smart. It's so smart to do your first feature with one character, one location, but it is so difficult. And they just and and Ron just really brought everything to life, and the music just enhanced the whole film. And it's it's just an incredible project, especially for anybody who really understands what it takes to get a film made. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Um, actually, I'm glad you brought brought us kind of back around to the uh, to the production of Cargo. Um, JC, you you would you would spoke about Ron, really this being written for Ron. And Ron, I realize you're sitting right there, and we're gonna get to you. But <laughs> tell us tell us about the conversations you had for the casting of this thing. Well, as I said, uh, it was always written on in mind. Uh, to play Anthony Peterson. And it can you, JC, I'm sorry, can you speak up? We, we can't hear you very well. Make sure I'm not, okay, here we go. All right. Um, this was always written with Ron in mind to play the main character of Anthony Peterson. Is that better? Yeah. Okay, uh, and the reason is, uh, and I, I hope everybody's familiar with a legendary film called American Pop, uh, which is one of the things that Ron is very famous for doing. Um, I will say, I kind of want to, because Ron tells these stories so beautifully about American pop. Uh, I, I do want to just point out, and then I'll uh, I'll kind of leave him to tell us a little more about that. But uh, James and I are both American pop fans, and we were blessed enough to become friends with Ron. And uh, that was, uh, I guess, I became friends with Ron in 2010, and I think James in 2009, maybe. And uh, so we had always written this with him in mind. And the character, the, the proof of that is the character he plays is named Anthony Peterson, whereas the characters, two characters he played in American Pop were Tony and Pete. Tony being the son of Pete, Anthony Peterson. So that's, that's, that was our tribute to Ron to begin with. But this is also the, the proof that we never even thought about any other actor but him for Anthony. Wow. So that's, that's a, we love you, Ron. Thank you. 
So Ron, when when you when you got the script, how was it pitched to you? Since you guys know each other, and see, this is the thing, you know. Obviously, when when producers and directors and the hierarchy of Hollywood know actors and know actresses, they don't necessarily have to do an audition. So tell us the process with with you and JC about this part. Well, they, uh, James uh, sent the script to me, and uh, uh, I thought it was great. I thought it, and, uh, it's a terrific opportunity. I mean, I'm the only actor. Uh, there's, there's other actors like Danica and, and uh, other actors in the film, but they're all voiceovers because yeah. I'm talking to them on the phone. Uh, so I'm the only guy on the screen, and uh, so, you know, my ego said, "Hell yeah, <laughs> you know." <laughs> but uh, it it was it was a you know I knew it was going to be a bear to do you know, and uh, but it was it was it was great. It was, uh, it was uh, a very creative time for me actually, you know, because I'm there all day long. There's no breaks, <laughs> you know. I'm no I don't get to sit down and rest while other people's having scenes. It's all me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I, I like to say that Ron actually lived cargo, not just acted in it, because, uh, you know, we, we shot this in a real cargo container. Ron uh -huh. actually slept in the house in where the, the cargo container was in the backyard. He actually didn't oh. leave for the entire shoot. And so he was trapped <laughs> in this in the same area for pretty much the same amount of time or long, much longer actually than, than Anthony Peterson was fictionally. So that's as method as you can get. That's right. <laughs> that's, right that's right. Um, what was it, Ron, that, that really, once you started to get into this character, did it, did it, at some point, did it click, or did you go in knowing how you were going to play this character? Well, that's interesting. I uh, I had the script for a very long time, and uh, once I knew when we were going to do it, I knew like about two months ahead of time when we were actually going to do shoot the film. So that's when I really started working on the film, and <laughs> I I really. You know, I, every night I would read this, the entire script aloud. And uh, I mean, I understood what was going on with the guy. I understood his emotions and, and every, all of that. But I wasn't sure exactly who he was. And uh, actually, I'd never played a character quite like him before. And, um, and, for a while, I wasn't really sure if I could really play this part. I didn't. I didn't tell James. I told. I told JC at one told point. Me. Yeah. yeah. But I kept it a secret. He had to keep it a secret. I said, I don't know. I'm not going to tell James this, but I'm still working on it. And it. And I kept working every night. I'd work on it and 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 read it aloud and 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 finally about two weeks before we were actually going to shoot it. Suddenly, it just clicked for me. It just, I, I knew how the guy sounded. I knew what was going on with him. I knew who he was. 
it just all happened one night uh, um, mystically. I didn't, you know, that with, with me, my acting is all, uh, uh, I mean, I studied acting and I studied the, the method and all these things, but none of that really worked for me because as a, as a, as a very young actor, I just, I just did it. I, 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 I could pretend, you know, I'm, uh, when I act, I'm like 14 years old. I, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm that guy yeah. uh, because I don't have to. I, once I know who the guy is, I just become him. And it's just like a, a spiritual thing. I have no, I don't know how it works. <laughs> I, I tried to teach acting for a while and I couldn't teach it because I don't know how I do it. It just, it just kind of, it's just kind of spiritual for me. Once I, I find the character and, and with, with Anthony Perry Peterson, it took me a, a long time to find him. And when I did from then on in, I had no problem. I think I still have the message. He, Ron would just JC, I got it. I got it tonight. I know Anthony Peterson, and I was just like, "I'm glad for you, buddy." <laughs> yeah, he's really yeah, a complex character. That I finally found him. Yeah, <laughs> but and it was it was a you know because we were in a in a uh, one set. We're just in this one cargo container. We were able to shoot it uh, in succession. You know, you uh, most movies, you know, you have to do like a maybe you have a a certain location that you have to do that day and you might end up shooting the last scene of the movie the first day but yeah. this is not the case with cargo we were able to shoot it exactly the way it's supposed to go down you know oh, from wow. the beginning to, to the end you know and so it really helped me because then I was really living this guy you know every day you know because I knew exactly what was going on from one second to the next, yeah. So once I found him, which was like two weeks before we shot it, you know, then it was then I was feeling good about it. I felt really good by the time I got ready to do it. That's that's great. That's great. And you know, it's like Eric was saying. What what'd you say, Eric? But what? Uh, uh, oh, oh, about a complex. A, he's such a complex character because. You get so many emotions from him from one scene to the next, you know. He goes from being this bad guy to a good guy to a bad... It's really it's really impressive. Thank you. He's a good liar. <laughs> That's the best way to put it, yeah. Yeah, at one point I asked, halfway through it, I said, James, did you base this on uh, uh, Donald Trump? <laughs> He said, no, no, I didn't. But but I swear I started to feel like I was playing Donald Trump because <laughs> you know, he was such a good liar. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I'm glad you kind of brought up the, the shooting sequence of everything, um, because, you know, as, as some people may listen, we have a lot of like filmmakers and creatives that, that like to listen to our podcasts and stuff and, and even... Moms. Huh? Yeah, and our moms. That's right. That's and right. Me, I listen to it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I have to tell you, can, can I just say that 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 episode 
with the family that shoots together in, in Texas. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And this lady who she is just so energetic. The last guest that you had, so energetic. And so oh, her outlook was like Vivian. Vivian. Oh yeah. my gosh. Very inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. You Thanks. guys are really easy, easy to listen to. A lot of good information. A lot of inspiration on this on this podcast. I I'm gonna keep listening to it. Thank and tune you. in next episode for the an hour with Danica. Yeah. <laughs> you could do worse. She is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, Danica, I do want to ask you because um obviously you're you're one of the lead act well, you are the lead actress, but we never <laughs> see you. Right. You could you could say that actually. Um yeah. Yeah, you know, I've known James for quite a while, and we've talked over the years. You know, he's had other projects, and he's asked me, you know, you want to be a part of this? And I always want to be a part of whatever he's working on, because I don't know if you've seen any of his other films, but James is like, he's got such an incredible, um, quirky outlook, and he's a great storyteller. And um, so I always wanted to work with him. And... And he sent me other scripts before, but um, this one he did, I, I was always in SAG and he was shooting non-union or it would be one thing or the other. So when we finally got to connect on this, I was just, yeah, sure. And I went down, um, I did voiceover one day. He, I think they had everybody come in and do voiceover, but a couple months later, or maybe it was six months later, whatever it was, he had asked me, "Hey, can you do, can you redo this? Because I have a studio. Uh, I I I do music and compose and and write and everything. So he said, "Hey, can you do this?" And I was more than happy to do it because I I don't know about you, Thorsten, but I love doing stuff in my own space. You know, I mean, there's just that that comfort. I I get to direct myself. <laughs> I can do as many takes as I need to, you know, feel like I'm giving you what I feel like, you know, I can deliver on. And uh, and then he added in an extra character for me because I was supposed to just be Susan, the trophy wife, which was great. And then I also got to be a doctor, Dr. West. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was more than happy. He could send me he could ask me can you do 10 and I would say of course I can you know when do you need it by so um yeah it was just it was great it's great to be a part of it because I really really feel like this is a kind of film that especially um new directors young directors they can really study this and they can learn so much from this oh, film yeah. Oh, because yeah. it's a true testament of what you can do, you know, just like what you can do. Like you were telling those people in Texas, you know, they just go out and shoot. Yeah. They're not waiting for this equipment or that equipment. You know, I know James, I know James and, and JC, they put their everything in this and, you know, and Ron and, and Thorsten. And I'm, I'm just really happy to be, you know, a supporting member of this project because it's it's quite spectacular really oh definitely definitely and i think the one problem most first time filmmakers have is they think they need a whole lot of money to make now granted you do need money but 
when you limit yourself more and more and more and put more restrictions, it forces you to be more creative. And I think that's true in any art form, really, whether it be film, video games, novels, music. When you're for when you don't have, you know, the unlimited, you know, um, paychecks to do it. It makes you look deep into yourself and come up with something different. Yeah, quite agree. Yeah, very true. I, I would like to point out, uh, I believe Danica said this earlier, uh, about the music being its own character. Mm -hmm. um, we actually, except for the scene Danica just mentioned where she and I played doctors, that's the one mm -hmm. scene that is was actually recorded uh much later it was uh, it was close to to release actually or actually uh, not it was about a, uh, it was close to uh to to the wrap of it um but everything else had been shot and recorded and uh that's it was at that point that thorson got involved that december i believe december of 2015 and there were cuts of the film where i said wow you know ron's good but this is just it's it's not popping there's something not right we got Thorsten's soundtrack on there and suddenly all the, it, it took Ron's acting and, and backed it up and wow. just brought us to this other level. Yeah. And I remember the first cut of it with Thorsten's music. And I said, we, we've got a film here. <laughs> so yeah. was, and and yeah. it's, and again, it's like uh, what Ron did is not easy uh, at all. Cause he did an amazing right. job, but, with yeah. Thorsten's, and I hope that I hope that there's time for this because some of the things Thorsten did, some he would send us photographs on the road. He was actually touring while he was oh, scoring wow. this, but he would show us some in, amazingly inventive things he was coming up with, not something that was already in his head. He was saying, "Well, this is a metal cargo container." What do I put into this? And I mean, I I don't want to ruin it because I think he would tell it better than me. But yeah, let's hear it, please. Yeah. So so first, I took a lot of samples of Ron's voice actually to um, his screams and and some some tiny just um, kind of vocalizings eyes um, from from some words to um, create some pets with granulars and taste and, uh, and stuff. But um, I'm, I'm living in the very southern east part of um, Berlin, which is close to the next um, county, if you like. And there are a lot of um, industry car parks. And um, I drove a lot of, of times uh, at night to some empty or sometimes slightly empty cargos <laughs> and, and play drums on it uh, with, with shoes and sticks and everything I found. And, um, and the, we had really luck because um, we had snow um, and that, uh, while January, so you have no reflections. There's m m m more dry sound mm -hmm. in, the, um, in, in the, yeah. And um, the fun thing was there was for sure a security guard <laughs> and um, I was I was there. So I'm not the smallest one, and I always wear black, long hair. And, um, and I thought after the second day, so oh, there's a the kind of Viking guy. 
he's gonna hit the car uh, the, the cargos and containers all the night long and, and i think there was kind of a mutual mutual respect um so <laughs> the on one side the um kind of security guards and on one side me with just hammering <laughs> for, for some night in a row and I prepared some just some guide tracks on on kind of headphones and had uh, three four mics and some field recorders and one laptop over there and just played some beats uh, on, on on the cargos and the um, quest of the day was to find another empty cargo because is if it's filled um, it's, uh, you have no re resonance in it, mm -hmm. it's too, too dry. Um, and sometimes if it was fun, some beats you hear some slightly key change or, or some, some tiny stones in it. If, if you listen on headphones to the soundtrack, um, because every, every day was a different car cargo or container I used to play on. And, um, this combined with a lot of modular stuff and old synths and 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 Ron's voice, um, I think it was was fun to do. It okay. Um, I thought in, 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 at the end um, the, the the string section is it's a real string section. Oh sure. wow! Yeah. You know, I I I have to say, I really have to say, it's absolutely amazing when when professionals come together to yeah. to to create um obviously i you didn't have a whole lot of special effects in this movie but you had you you had really an amazing creative it's so weird cuz right now all my head is just going through how creative thorsten were you to to take this and and put a hundred and fifty percent into a soundtrack that that only it doesn't add it's like a third character because obviously actually actually and this is no no disrespect to you Danica but it's almost like the second lead that oh, is actual on film. I have said that before, Larry. Larry, yeah. I have said that he is my co-star. Yeah. Absolutely. And may, may I please give just a little bit of a shout out to Chris Gosh, who was our cinematographer, because uh, he took oh. Ron's performance. And for example, when you, obviously there's a car chase, you see none of it. You hear it, but you don't see it. Yeah. But when, when you hear the car zoom by, Chris Gosh would zoom the camera by Ron as Ron is delivering this, mm -hmm. this excited performance. Um, and then when you see the you hear the car crash, you see the camera tumble, and you almost forget that you're not seeing it because right. it's with, yeah, with right. Ron's excitement and uh, just everything else that's going on. It's I, I want to say everything that we all said about Thorsten is true and I want to give a shout out to Chris Gosh because damn that the the additions he put in even without special effects yeah. really brought some of those things not just to life but almost to reality yeah yeah, yeah. Incredible. you know it's, it's almost hitchcockian in a way the way it yeah. was filmed and shot and and it's it's everything 
there was just so much movement in the whole movie. Um, the the film, obviously Ron, and and the movement of the music, it was just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was very much, it gave me the same claustrophobia that um, Buried would Ryan Reynolds and um, Lifeboat. I, you know, I, I really got claustrophobic watching it. <laughs> I mean, even just you saying that, I'm like taking a deeper breath in right now, just remembering, because it's like you do, you just feel like the walls are caving in. And yeah. the cinematography... Yeah, it really does that. I mean, it really is the it is that triad. It's the cinematography, the music, and the and the actor, Ron. You know, mm -hmm. it's that's the triad. That's what made this film. And it's so hard to make a one location, one actor film, and here it is. And also, the other actors were not on the set. Not even myself. Uh, it was Ron with the script supervisor, and he he wow. did the this performance without bouncing off of us. We recorded our performances after. Yeah, I was I was I was reading with a a, a production assistant, actually, a very beautiful young girl, who who will tell you right away that she is not an actress. She was just reading the words to me and uh, and I was doing whatever I did. And then when I finished shooting all my stuff, then the uh, voiceover people came in and they read with, with uh, James Dillon. And it's amazing to me how they were able to put them all together. It really sound like we're talking to each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was going to be another question about the production of it all is and I laugh and I giggle because I know I know what it's like when you have a PA read against an actor who who not only I mean, this is not just some kind of like scene. The actor has to be all juiced up in jazz. So you're here doing your line. You're in the moment and you're doing this and then you're just waiting for the PA to go. No, no, please stop that. No. And you're just like, you have to stay in character and react like you like like Danica's on the other line, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I know that's like the hardest thing to do. Um well, you should mention as being an actor yourself, you know, you know oh, what all yeah. that is like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, I mean, it, it's super hard and it's super difficult. Number one, trying to play off another actor and trying to vibe and, you know, do your, do your actor thing in the moment, but it's super difficult to stay true to your character and then imagine on the other end what Danica was giving in the recording studio after she saw your performance. So, Ron, it's it's absolutely not only did you do an amazing job because you were one person on screen the whole time, but for a whole nother level of staying in character and going against that PA who, you know, God bless her, she didn't know. She just got the wrong end of the stick, right? To be, to be your <laughs> right. Well, I have a question for Ron. Um <laughs> When you play a character like this, and I've heard other people talk about it, um, 
such a dark character, did it affect you in your day-to-day life, like, afterward? Was it hard to come back to yourself? Uh, I did a lot of theater before. Well, before I started doing film and TV, I did a lot of te- a lot of theater. And some of the plays I did, one play I did for uh, uh, two years, two and a half years, a year and a half on Broadway and a year on the road. And that, and doing a play that long did uh, affect me a, a lot. Uh, uh, the character lived with me for a long time. But that's something I like about doing a film. You say it, you do it, and it's over, you know. And so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't it doesn't live with me like I like when I was doing plays. Uh, but I, I I was able to. I learned. All, I knew all my lines. The okay. I knew the entire script before I got there because I knew that it was all me. I, you know, I didn't have anybody to help me. I didn't have any time to 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 learn the next scene. I had to know the next scene, and and so I knew the whole script. I knew 80, 85 minutes of dialogue. I was ready. You know, I had to be. There was no other way I could do it, and so uh, I had done it all in my. In my room, I had done the whole, the whole play many times, and so. But yeah, I, I get. I hope I answered that question. Doing a film, it doesn't stay with you like, like it is when you do a play for a year or, or so. You know. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, Danica, real quick, and and uh, it's it's not the opposite. Because it's the same, you're still on, um, you're still, when you're doing your voiceover, you're doing it opposite somebody that's not there, although you get to see his performance. What was that well, like? Well, actually, oh, okay. Well, actually, I, uh, I didn't see his performance, and it was, um, I had to... There's one part where I'm screaming and I don't want to really give anything away, but I mean, I had to scream at the top of my lungs and um, I had to just go in the bathroom and uh, hope that the neighbors didn't hear me (laughs) and try to get it in as few takes as possible where I felt like, you know, where I felt like it was, you know, a, a decent scream. Um, but yeah, it was, it was the same. It was the same thing. It was, uh, pretty much in a vacuum. Just, just, um, myself just with the script um and then you know they did they did the editing magic and put it all together and it and it worked you know (laughs) and i also want to point out we had some other really fine actors uh mark my good friend mark wood did an excellent job of playing tom uh matthew ross valley did a great job of playing anthony's son uh, and we had uh, Elliot. Uh, Elliot was, uh, he goes by Elliot, just one one name. <laughs> he played the villain. And the villain, just imagine all the the emotion he goes through. And he and Ron weren't in the same room either. Um, and then, uh, of course, we have Jose Rosette, who is a great actor. And he actually played, uh, he played Merck 
who who is uh, you know Ron's old friend, or I should say Anthony's okay. old friend. Mm. And uh, he, he did the remind me of Jacob Marley in yeah. a lot of ways. That's the vibe that I got from him. Well, that's a different guy. Yeah. That... Just... Oh, okay. You're talking oh, about. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, Jose is 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 my is the mercenary. Oh, okay, okay. But okay. I know who you're. I know who you mean, though. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of that guy? What's the actor's name that played? I, the one I really, my head. I the really hate my to head. See... I'm gonna I'm gonna get it for you in just a moment. What's the character name? I have IMDb up right now. Do you know Ron? What the character name? No, is? I, no, I don't remember. So there's uh, uh, Tom. That was Mark Wood. Evan yeah. was Matthew Rosvali. Elliot. Was the kidnapper and Sully? Oh, Sully, yeah. Corbin, yeah. Corbin yeah. Timbrook. Yeah. That's it. Sully, Corbin right? Timbrook. Yeah. The mercenary Corbin, guy yeah. was awesome too. He gave just from hearing him right away. You know, you got that badass mercenary mm -hmm. vibe to him. Oh yeah. He, he also played the Spanish-speaking uh, security guard that you okay. hear a little bit, and he played the uh, ill-fated cop, which uh, I. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say too much. Uh, the, he he he's okay, but it, he doesn't turn out as as well as I'm sure he would have liked to. <laughs> no spoilers here. <laughs> That's good. That's good to know uh, because I think everybody who is listening to this right now, if they want to go watch it, obviously it's on Tubi. And and where is and it? That means it's free, folks. Yeah, you just yeah. gotta give your email, and you could watch this very very cool movie. Oh, we amazing. are not sponsored by Tubi yet. Not yet. <laughs> if you want to watch it on Amazon, I think you guys are putting links in there. I have it on on my link. If if somebody uh, clicks on my link, then they can get they can watch okay. it um, that way too. Perfect. Yeah, Amazon Prime. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, there's other avenues that I haven't really invested in, but isn't it iTunes and YouTube? Uh, I I, it, I, don't I believe so. Yeah, I know for sure that it's on Amazon, but but the easiest way for anybody out there, as Eric said, is that it is on Tubi TV for free. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say, uh, you know, if you want to, if you fall in love with it, buy the DVD, buy the streaming, buy the soundtrack, buy the novel, buy for the God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's, if you, if you're just curious, uh, I, I think you're all going to really enjoy it. Check it out on Tubi for free. And, uh, and the, the royalties still come in. <laughs> That's nice. Question That's With buying the DVD, is it directly from you or is there a middleman? No, this is uh, we. This is actually, uh, you know, we got a distribution deal. Uh, I negotiated a bit with a company called Wild Eye, and very um, familiar with them. Yeah, they specialize in horror. So if you buy the DVD, it comes from them. And uh, although we had already shot everything, they were they are our distributor. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, Wild Eye because I think uh, you know I, you guys are are good to work with. Awesome. awesome. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of Wild Eye movies. I mean, they're all over Amazon. They put out good stuff. And Can I say one more thing about, about Thorsten um, sure. that I found really cool? Um, I know uh, his setup. Is, his setup is really 
um, pretty awesome. He's a he's a real analog. Um, you know, he's got a lot of cool. Will you talk about your equipment, please? It's it, it if there's anybody who's interested in composing, he's yeah. I wanted to talk about that, yeah. but for another um, show. Can you see this? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Amazing. That, that, that's a, the big console back there as well. Yeah. So have... um, the problem is um, back to the frontman. I'm a uh, I'm a very bad frontman and or front person but, um, and that's the reason my whole set on stage is white so the light designer and uh, visual guy um, can beam and um, colorize my set um, on each track in a different way mm. so that, that's, that's that's the idea of all the white things and and white molten and white cases of because you can beam on it on stage yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, where is the soundtrack available? Um, it's on Invisible Hands Records. It's an, um, a guy from uh, originally, um, um, I think, Australia, uh, who lives now in London. And it's a London-based label. It's out of vinyl, um, digital, and uh, normal CD. Only um, buy the vinyl. Don't do digital <laughs> or streaming cool. music, people. Buy wow. the vinyl. Oh. I, I have the vinyl myself, and it sounds awesome. great. I think it's actually, it was a soundtrack of the month in Mojo Magazine in London. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, mm -hmm. That's absolutely it. I mean, you really did this film right. You know, if, if there was ever, if there was ever a film that, that coulda, woulda, shoulda, you did it. You have a soundtrack. I mean... The, it's it's absolutely amazing when oh my god uh, we could go on and on all night i don't know where to wrap up i don't know i don't want to stop but i don't I, I we've got to have you guys back on because ron and danica to talk about just your acting stuff alone would be great um and thornson you we would absolutely love to have you back on and talk about your your musical es escapades. Um, we could spend a whole hour talking about why people need to, to buy more vinyl. That's yeah. all I want to talk about. But Larry, someone on the show has a pretty big announcement they wanted to talk about. Oh, yes. JC? Uh that would be me. Uh, uh, this is the first public announcement. I haven't even put this out on social media yet, um, but I uh, just got a two book deal. Uh, so, you know, I wrote the novel for Cargo and uh, I just got a two book deal with a British publisher called Dark Edge Press. And uh, so my my next two detective novels are going to be out. Um, uh, hopefully the first one will be out in 2021 and uh, we'll see about the next one. But uh I'm extremely excited about it, and uh, if things go well, we, we may be having some more cargo to bring to you in print form as well. Oh, awesome. Congratulations, Jay. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, buddy. Yes, yes. And I, I would be remiss. First of all, congratulations, JC. Um, and I, I have to say, I love the lighting in this movie. Um, I'm very, I, I watching it, 
and it was just lit on the sides and it was just nice and then the the harsh overhead i love it actually um uh, see we could just go on and on i just opened up a whole new bag of like i don't know but i think that was chris gosh as well i believe uh supervised the lighting uh he may have brought some other people in but i believe that was chris's idea and uh he really worked uh to, to put Ron in the right light, both figuratively and literally, uh, light and shadow playing off of Ron to, to really get, you know, the, the sympathy as well as the sinister. And it was, uh -huh. I agree with you. He did a great job. Yeah. I, I mean, just you, you guys are absolutely amazing and it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. Um, and we will find a way to have you each back on oh, individually yeah. to focus on everybody's on career careers. And, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but collectively, man, God bless you guys. You guys have done you. it. Yeah. You guys you. have done it. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for seeing the movie and appreciating it so much. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you all. You guys are, this is what happens when talented people get together exactly. and create. Exactly. And, you know, it's, I just, I'm still blown away by it, Thornston. You're just going and recording and doing your thing. And I mean, that's, I, I, if, if I can leave anybody, actually just let me say this and then Eric, you can wrap us up. But um, Ron, JC, Danica, and Thornston. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are so talented. Yeah. So talented. And I'm I'm blown away um, because of what you guys have created. And you Thank guys you so created much. something that people can go and watch. So yeah, God bless awesome. you guys. And we will definitely have you back. And everybody, please go watch uh, Cargo on Tubi. Thank you, and thanks for <laughs> thank having you us. So thank, thank you, man. Thank you thank so you. much. Well, everybody, we just want to thank the team from Cargo one more time for coming on the show tonight. It is a, It was an absolute blast. Again, links for all the social media and where you can watch the movie will be in the link of this episode if you're listening in on Anchor. And we will tweet everything out once the show goes live. And everybody, like I say... Man, pretty much on every podcast that we do, not just this one, even the horror one, I say this, ladies and gentlemen, remember everybody, especially in this day and age, be excellent to each other.